Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. So, we got another episode to talk about for Kodo Cinema Christmas Month. And this one, this one's gonna be a good one, because, um, because this movie I'm gonna talk about is often considered to be a Christmas movie, but I heard some people said that this one is not a Christmas movie, although I heard a lot of people said this one is a Christmas movie, so... This movie I'm going to talk about, well, this movie is going to be Die Hard. When it comes to uh, Christmas movies, what do you think of, what what kind of Christmas movies do you think? You know, like uh, Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th Street, Home Alone. But a lot of people think of Die Hard as well. The, the action-packed movie Die Hard, which, which stars Bruce Willis as John McClane, one of cinema's greatest action stars. Although although he's although Bruce Will Bruce Willis is one of them, of course he, of course alongside alongside Sylvester Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger among many others as well. But Bruce Willis Bruce Willis is one of them as well. So so Spirit of Christmas with the movie Die Hard Die Hard takes place around Christmas time as well. So it counts as a Christmas movie because it takes place on Christmas Eve. There's even Christmas music. Heck, snow. I mean can't forget about snow in in the movie Die Hard which is at the end of the movie to be honest a lot of people say Die Hard is a Christmas movie which is which in my opinion yes that is true plus i even did a, i even did an episode on 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 that topic as well on the WEIU website which is basically titled is Die Hard a Christmas movie and that's the name of the episode that i did so i'll leave an episode link in that description from Discussing the topic of Die Hard being a Christmas movie, I'm going to to talk about the movie as a whole. However, I am not going to do this alone. However, I'm not doing this alone. Well, he well this is his, this will mark his second episode on Kodo Cinema, and he appeared on the Peanuts movie review. So let me welcome back my brother Mike. Hey, Mark, thank you for inviting me back to your episode of Kodo Cinema. Oh excited i am to be talking about die hard of course because um because die hard is one of the is one of the biggest uh, biggest action action movies but also a christmas movie as well yes it is basically a christmas movie a lot of people have been asking this asking this question is die hard a christmas movie well some people can say yes, and some pe- other people can say no. It's just much like a, it's just a, an action film. Even Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis thinks that Die Hard is is not a Christmas movie. Although a lot of people, a lot of people seem to dis- to disagree because one, this movie takes place on Christmas Eve, so it is a Christmas movie. Yes. And this film is directed by John McTurin, who he previously directed the 1987 film Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Which is true. Which is true. Yeah, and don't forget the hunt for Red October with Alec Baldwin and Sean Connery. Yes, but yeah, but anyway, the movie Die Hard. Now, the the movie Die Hard came out in 1988, which is an American action film directed by John McTiernan. So, the film stars Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, among many among many other cast members, including William At Atherton, Paul and Paul Gleason. And the movie itself follows New York City police detective John McClane, who is caught up in a terrorist takeover of a Los Angeles skyscraper while visiting his estranged wife, which takes place around Christmas time. That's basically the plot of the film. Yes, that that is the plot of the film. Now, prior to the film's release, now um, the expectations for Die Hard were low, and some marketing materials omitted Willis's image because the publicity team determined that the setting was as important as McLean. And with the film being released in July of 1988, which is around summertime, hey, who says there can't be Christmas in July? If you count uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. However, the reviews for Die Hard were mixed, and criticism was focused on its violence, plot, and Bruce Willis's performance. While John McTiernan's direction and Al Rickman's performance, his performance as action cinema's greatest action villain, Hans Gruber, were praised. Alan Rickman's performance was was heavily praised because he this is basically his first film to be in it. That's true, because Die Hard is Alan Rickman's first ever movie role. Now, he has done stage productions, including TV roles as well. But for movie roles, Die Hard is Alan Rickman's first ever movie role. Yes, that's, that is his first film. And, and after the release of Die Hard, Alan Rickman actually went on to do other films, including the Harry Potter franchise. Of course, he also appeared in the Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner as well. Yes, including uh, two Tim Burton films, which is Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, and uh, Disney's Alice in Wonderland. That's true. Now, um, going back to the film, the movie grossed approximately $140 million, becoming the year's 10th highest grossing film and, and the highest grossing action movie at the time. Yeah. Now, it received, the film received four Academy Award nominations and it an, an elevated Willis to leading man status and made Alan Rickman a celebrity. And of course, prior to, to the re release of Die Hard, it has been critically reevaluated and is now considered to be one of the greatest action movies of all time. And of course, revitalized the action genre, largely due to its depiction of McLean as a vulnerable, awesome protagonist, and contrast to the muscle-bound and invincible heroes of other movies of the period. And the rest is history. Plus, it had the sequels that followed, although, um, although like Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, and A Good Day to Die Hard, plus multiple video games and comics, and other merchandise as well. Yeah. Plus, due to its Christmas Eve setting, Die Hard is often named one of the best Christmas films. Although its status as a Christmas film is disputed, however, 
I see it as a Christmas movie. Die Hard. Die Hard. Is. Is. About. Christmas. Christmas. Movie. Movie. It is a Christmas movie. I mean, Bruce Willis himself um, didn't see this movie as a Christmas movie, but you know, hey, that's his opinion. I, I, I get it. I get it. That's his. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's his opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's gonna have different opinions on this movie, and that's totally fine. But I see this movie as a Christmas movie. Yes, including Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two is also a Christmas movie as well. It's like you're copying and pasting from the first film. Yeah, pretty much. But the the first movie is going to be a classic. Yes. That film still holds up. And of, co- and of course, it's also the 35th anniversary of Die Hard. Oh, yes, that is true. Celebrating 35 years. So anyway, we're going to jump into the movie. We're going to break down the movie. Yippee-ki-yay. 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 Let's jump into the movie Die Hard. So the movie opens up on Christmas Eve. Like I said, it's a Christmas movie, takes place on Christmas Eve, and this movie follows New York City Police Department Detective John McClane, being played by Bruce Willis, who arrives in Los Angeles, hoping to reconcile with his estranged wife, Holly, at a party held by her employer. This takes place at, at, the, at the Nakatomi Corporation. Yes, and he was also, uh, and during the opening of the film, playing Lana to the airport. It was basically during the opening of the film, and he was sitting with this guy having a conversation. By the time everyone starting to get their bags, the guy sees see a gun that John McClane has. If he feels he feels like he's afraid he's gonna do something, and then John McClane was like, "Relax, buddy, I'm a cop." That's true. Sets up the. That's true. That's that's very true because John McClane's a cop. So now, um. So his driver at the airport is at the airport is named um, Argyle. Argyle being played by Devril Wright. That's the name of the actor. De- Devril Wright plays uh, Argyle, who is John's limousine driver, and he's not in this movie very long. I mean, he is in this movie for 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 a good for a good chunk, not like a huge chunk, but like. He's just basically the limousine, the limousine driver, and a pretty good one, too, and a pretty funny one too. He's a very good character, and every time he, he when he's like on the phone, he's having a blast. Yes, you could definitely tell that Argyle is having a blast because uh, because during the throughout the the majority of the movie, he's literally in this limousine, just just hanging out until. Uh, until 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 the police arrives and here's the whole conversation of what's going on with John McClane up at the tower. So anyway, um, John McClane is driven to the Nakatomi Plaza by a limo driver, Argyle, as I mentioned, who offers to wait for McClane in the garage. And once McClane arrives at the tower, he decides to change his clothes and 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 he tries to like you know have a conversation with his wife too. Yeah. Although his it, wife seems to, um, at first, I mean, it's more of an argument, but she does flirt with this one other guy. The the other guy with the the beard. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the other guy. Harry Ellis. Oh, Harry. Harry Ellis. Like, um, John McClane's wife flirts with this one of her guy um, named uh, Harry Ellis. And while at the tower, like, like John, like while at the tower, when John is changing out of his clothes, a radical German group comes in, comes in to seize the tower. And it is led by none other than action cinema's greatest villain, Hans Gruber, being played by none other than Alan Rickman. And his entrance is very good. Like, he's just, he's just, he walks in with his men. And they go up to the top to the tower. He's leading a terrorist organization in this movie. And also, Gruber is posing as a terrorist to steal to steal the sixty six hundred forty million dollars in untraceable barrel bonds in the building's vault. Yep, that's his goal yeah. in the movie. That's his goal in the movie, like to retreat to steal the six hundred forty million dollars in untraceable barrier bonds and. I'm gonna tell you this, like once he uh, once he gets up to the building to the floor where the party's going on, you know you know what's gonna happen. Like you know, like he know he's you know he's gonna say a speech. Like ladies and gentlemen, you know you know what's going on. You know what he's up to. Yes, something's about to happen. So Hans Gruber, like some of his men, his men, you got Carl, Theo, Tony, among many other members in the group. But the only names I could get out from Hans Gruber's uh, men is Carl, Tony, and Theo. And Theo, by the way, Theo is just, he's like this tech guy. He's the tech guy. And he's just basically hanging out on the main floor of the of the tower. Yeah, he just hangs out there just being the tech guy that he is. Cutting off phone, most of the phone lines. Although, actually, actually, one of his main goals is to, like, get the safe to open like you know like be this tech guy yeah because i believe the safe is is used through this code that you have to like put in not not like at the safe but like with a computer so that's why they they brought him on board as a tech guy yes and during this whole this whole thing john mcclain he's basically uh he's basically hiding through different parts of the building, like whether it's like through construction, air vents, even elevators as well. And Argyle, don't forget, Argyle remains oblivious to the events. Like, like are you kidding me? Like Argyle is just Argyle hangs hangs out in the limousine. Like he, like he listens to music on on the radio. He listens to Christmas music on the radio. He hangs out with. With John McClane's teddy bear that John McClane had, which I'm pretty sure was a Christmas gift that he was going to give to his uh, wife, and then pops open a bottle of champagne as well. And he also they also have two children. Let's not forget. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yes, John McClane has two children as well. Yes, and we're also gonna get to the uh, the news report later on. Yes, that's true. So yeah, so yeah, all hell breaks loose at the tower, and um, John McClane slips away. So now, what is John McClane gonna do? Well, he's gonna try and stop the whole thing. So, and what does John McClane do? Well, um, well, it turns out uh, one of his well, well, it turns out Gruber sends Tony to like um, track down whoever is like 
who whoever's trying to stop Gruber's Gruber's plans for the six hundred and forty million dollars and untraceable barrier bonds. Like Tony, just like, where are you? Come on out, I'm not gonna hurt you. But he proceeds to like shoot his gun. Like, like, dude. Like, did you notice that? Like, he's trying to be friendly at first, but no, but no, he's yeah, he's a straight, he's a straight up bad guy. Where, like, where he tries, but he's just a straight up bad guy. He he says, "Listen, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want to kill you." Proceeds to like fire his weapon, and then John McClane comes down and beats the crap out of, out of Tony by by sending him by sending him down the stairs. So basically, John McClane took out mm-hmm. one of the, one of the one of the member took out one of the members and. He puts Tony in an elevator with a message, all in blood. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. That was straight out of Hans Gruber's mouth. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So technically, Hans Gruber knows somebody in this this building is coming. Like, he knows someone is there. Someone's someone is coming. Yes. There's going to be one-liners in the film. So hold on tight, folks. Yes, there's definitely some one-liners in this movie that are, that are memorable. And um, and Carl, let me tell you this. Carl, the second in command to Hans Gruber, he's pissed. Like, like he knows that his brother was killed by John McClane, even though he doesn't know it's John McClane. But... Um, but he wants revenge on the guy who killed his brother, Tony. But Hans Gruber's like, listen, we do not alter the plan. Hmm. Like, he doesn't want the plan to be altered. No. So um, basically, so basically moving forward, uh, Carl and two other, uh, Carl and a few of other, and a few other members decide to, um, decide to hunt down the guy, to which they almost did, but knowing John McClane, John McClane, John McClane slips away, slips away, and decides to like hide in an elevator while also hiding inside a vent. Yes, yeah, and- so I, I was, I was gonna bring this up. Uh, I was originally gonna bring this up because uh, when there's like, I mean, he knew there's someone was coming, so he has to get in the, get into the vent. He lights up a match, and, yes, and, and he, he said, says this is a brilliant. Line. He says this brilliant line. Come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. And then he uh, turns off the match. So the, after he said it, after he said this one liner, yeah, technically he wants to just to light it up, say the one liner yes. because obviously he's inside a vent. Yes, it's well, vent, it's basically but... yes. Well, the line he said was, "Come out to the coast, we get together and have a few laughs." Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Is that what he? That's said? what he's. Yes, that's what he says. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty pretty funny one liner, knowing the fact that he's just like, oh my good, it's like Jiminy, like he's like Jiminy, why why am I getting stuck in this situation in an air vent? <laughs> and not to mention his shirt got dirty. That's true. Yeah, his shirt got real dirty. It's a t- it's a um, tank top, right? Yes, yeah, a, a white shirt, a a, a sleeveless shirt. Yeah, yeah. And um, and also, and also, and also, and also, we also get to see um, a a police officer come by. Um, like one, we also get to see a a a sergeant, a L.A. police officer or sergeant named Al Paul, who is who is being sent to investigate what's going on at the tower. Now, um, 
Al is being voiced by Reginald Bell Johnson, who um, who's be- who is very well known for playing Carl Winslow on Family on Family Matters. So, um, so, so this is so this is another popular so this is another popular role. And he was um, also in he was also in Ghostbusters, the nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters film as the corrections officer. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, and um, mm-hmm. and also, and also, like he 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 basically gets he basically checks out the place right after getting some snacks at a convenience store where another Christmas song is playing in the background too. So mm-hmm. he had a couple of Christmas songs being played in the background as well. Just uh, yes, it, including uh, "Ode to Joy" ah, in the background. Yes. "Ode to Joy" by Ludwig, otherwise known as Symphony Number no. Nine. By Ludwig von Beethoven. And that song was played during the credits. Yes, exactly. You have, I mean, don't forget, you have Winter Wonderland. You have Winter Wonderland and Let Us Know, Let Us Know, Let Us Know being played. Yes. And there's probably a couple of other songs. There's a couple of other Christmas songs playing it. Playing, uh, oh, Christmas and Hollies, which is being played (laughs) by Run DMC, which... Which, which is actually, which would go on to be considered a Christmas classic, in part because of his use in the film. Yes, and the Ode to Joy song, I'm pretty sure it's John McClane's theme. I say it's one of his themes, but I, I can see what you're saying. Yes. But, um, but yeah, but yeah. So anyway, Sergeant Al checks out the place, although at one point he, 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 he at one point... He's distracted by this one guy because because one of Gruber's uh, henchmen stands out there just being casual, you know, being like this casual boss, saying, telling the the police sergeant like, "Oh no 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 no, everything's stop, everything everything's all right, you could go home." And the sergeant's like, "Oh thanks." So the sergeant leaves until John McClane, John McClane sees the uh, sees the officer like, "What are you doing, pal?" So he drops one of the members. One of the members on top of the of the sergeant's car, and actually, actually before that, he gets into a shootout with one of the. He gets into a shootout with one of them at one of the conference rooms in the tower, and he he he's he runs he runs out he runs out of table, and this guy's like, oh, looks like you run out of table. Well, next time you wanna, wanna next time next time you wanna try to kill somebody, why don't you just shoot? And then John McClane proceed, proceeds to shoot the guy, and he says, "Thanks for the advice." Thanks for the advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and also, so here's a here's a fact: Bruce Willis actually got injured on set because while firing while firing this guy, he lost two partial hearing loss. Oh, that's right. Like he lost a um, I think he lost part of his hearing prior to like prior to that scene when he was under the table when he was under the table. Yeah, and I believe he he was like, "What?" Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That was that was like that was the thing going on. That was the thing going on. Like he realizes like, like what? There are a couple of like film facts in this movie. Like yes, this is one of them because. Uh, when John McClane, John McClane shot the guy from from the table, he was standing on top of the table while John McClane 
Bruce Willis was under the table. Like he shot shot the guy while saying thanks for the advice, but he lost part of his part of his hearing and um because of the gun blast. But um but yeah but yeah I can definitely see what you're saying, Mike. Yes. I just wanna bring this up to you. Yes. But anyway, moving forward, uh the sergeant was wondering what's going on up there. And then John McClane, who dropped the body on the sergeant's car, says, Welcome to the party, pal! Another cl- another classic one-liner from the movie. All right. And then and then the sergeant was like, Oh my goodness, what the hell is going on? <laughs> he, dri- he, he drives in reverse, crashes his car in one of the parking lot, in, in one of the lower parking lot deck, in one of the lower parking lot decks, and... He gets out of the car, realizing, trying to find out what's going. Realizing that, oh no, this this is for real. So he calls for backup. He calls for backup. He brings up the. He brings in the other, the other, the other officers from the Los Angeles Police Department, including the chief deputy deputy named Dwayne. And then of course the SWAT team shows up later later on. And then and then of course um John McClane throws. Some C four some C four explosives down an elevator shaft, causing an explosion that kills some of the terrorists and ends the assault. So there was an, another assault going on, but John McClane was able to end it with the C four explosives. And here's the thing: this next part is probably another funny moment too, because um, John McClane has a conversation with not only Al but also the deputy, the chief deputy. Dwayne T. Robinson. He was like, "What the hell is going on? Like, I want to talk to this whoever this whoever this whoever this bastard is inside that thing. I want to have a conversation with him." Like, he's being played by Paul Gleason, who you remember, who you may remember him as the as the principal from the Breakfast Club. And um, that's right. I'm, and I'm gonna that's tell right. you this: <laughs> he gets owned in this movie. Like, like Bruce Willis goes like literally goes into town on this guy and and like it's so funny too because the, the chief deputy like he's part of the problem i'm just gonna tell you this the chief deputy is part yeah of the and what's funny too is that the chief deputy was like who who is it who are you who who am i talking to who am i talking who am i talking to we're all we're downstairs we're all we're downstairs they're all covered in glass john mcclain says class who the hell cares about glass who is, who, who is this? Who, who the hell am I talking to on the radio? And the deputy's like, uh, this is Chief Deputy Wayne. And I'm telling you this, stay out of this business. I want you to stay out of this business. Stay out of this business, you asshole. And then John McClane, I'm not kidding you. This is actually a very funny moment. John McClane is like, asshole? I'm not the one getting my ass screwed over on national TV. Dwayne? And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Argyle was was laughing at that, that yes, part. Yes, Argyle listens to all of it. Like, like this is when he realizes, like, after the, the, the attack that is going on, he listens to the conversation on the radio between the deputy and John McClane. And this is so funny. It's just so funny. Like, and, like, like John McClane is telling the deputy, I'm not the one, I'm not the one getting my ass screwed over on live, on national television. Dwayne. <laughs> and Argyle is just having a blast. Yes, Argyle is having a blast, and and then and then um, among a, and then a few other things that John McClane says 
but he tells the Debbie to put Al back on the line. And and um, I think one of the reasons is because uh, the deputy is being part of the problem. Like, he's not realizing what's going on. John mm-hmm. McClane knows because here's the thing. John McClane is a police officer, is a police detective. Yes. So the deputy, I don't think the deputy knows that John McClane is a police detective from New York City. No, I don't think so. But I, I, I'm like, I think he should have said, hey. I'm a police officer too. I'm just from I'm just from another state. Imagine how different imagine how different that would have been. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, um um John McClain refers to Al like he he t- like the code is basically Roy. Roy is John McClain's made up name for this movie because um uh John McClain doesn't tell um Al doesn't tell his name to Al. He just tells him that Oh, I, I'm just Roy, you know, Roy. But anyway, but anyway, um, so anyway, Harry Ellis, one of Holly's co-worker uh, at the tower, attempts to negotiate on Gruber's behalf. But unfortunately, McLean this McLean refuses to surrender to Gruber. But um, but the thing is, like McLean barely knows who Her- Harry Ellis is. He's like, no, 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 Harry, Harry. Harry, don't don't do don't believe whatever don't believe in what he's saying. Don't do it. Unfortunately, he gets killed off. The guy gets killed off. And and of course, while checking the explosives on the roof, Gruber encounters McLean and pretends to be an escaped hostage. Oh wait a minute, hold on a second. I'm forgetting something right here. Remember the one of the early conversations that McLean and Gruber had on the Oh radio? yeah. On the radio's ad, so I see that you're trying to. Uh, so I'm seeing that you're trying to stop this whole thing, Mister McLean. You know, like those Hollywood action films, like John Wayne, Cowboy John John Wayne, among many yes. other other popular popular films, including Sylvester Stallone. He mentions Rambo. Ah, yes, 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 Rambo. Sylvester Stallone. He name drops Rambo. Obviously a reference to um um obviously a reference to Sylvester Stallone, to which Rambo came out in nineteen eighty two. Yes, the first Rambo movie came out in nineteen eighty two and the sequels came out in the eighties, which includes Rambo first, Rambo the second Rambo film it, that came out in nineteen eighty five, and of course Rambo three, which came out nineteen eighty eight, the same year as Die Hard. That's true, yep. And then and then even when John McClane's about to exit just to get away from the terrorists, like before Gruber came to like to pretend to be an escaped hostage, he's like, Is there anything you're gonna do, Mr. Cowboy? And then you get this famous line, Yippee Kaye. That's right. This famous one liner. Yippee Kaye. Yippee Kaye. And then, of course, um, Flash was jump, flash forward. Now Gruber is inside, uh, pretending to be an escaped hostage, so just so he can find the other explosives. And um, and he's just like, oh, oh, you're one of those guys. Please don't, don't harm me, please. I- I'm just a mm-hmm. hostage. I'm just a hostage. No, you're not, Gruber. You're not a hostage. Yeah, and they were all, they were also having a conversation too. Conversation as well, smoking uh, cigarettes, and then of course, 
Of course, McGruber attempts to shoot McLean, but finds the weapon is unloaded. And it's, and of course, McLean's like, oh, look at that. You had a bullet. But unfortunately, Gruber's man shows up, and, and Gruber's like, you were saying? And then, like, another shootout happens, and unfortunately, McLean escapes, but is injured by shattered glass and loses the detonators because uh, Gruber tells Carl and his men to shoot the glass. Shoot the glass! Like, they shoot the glass, and of course, obviously, because John McLean's in bare feet. He's got bare feet on for the for, for the entire movie. Yeah, he doesn't have power. any shoes. He doesn't he have, have any, any shoes. shoes. Yeah. I mean, his foot is bleeding. His foot is bleeding throughout the, throughout the rest of the movie. His foot is bleeding throughout the re- rest of the movie. And then outside, the uh, FBI agents take control of the mission. And they order the power to be shut off, which, as Gruber had anticipated, disables the final vault block. So his team can collect the bonds. And then, the FBI agrees to Gruber's demand for a helicopter intending to send gunship helicopters to eliminate the group. And McLean realizes that Gruber's plans to blow the roof to kill the hostages and fake his team's deaths. So, McLean's got, got a mission on his hands. Now, he's running the clock on this one. So, But unfortunately, he gets, he gets stopped by Carl. Like the big guy, Carl, the second yes. in command to Hans Gruber, enraged the... by the death of his brother Tony, and he attacks McLean. Well, technically, he actually for Carl, he is the the blonde hair character. Yes, and he actually crushes the the walkie talkie, and he was like, "It's personal." And John McLean was like, "Oh man!" And then. He started. He started fighting. He started to fight Carl, and he literally beats him up. He had a good fight. Oh yeah. And as for Carl, his character, the actor who the actor who plays Carl is a Russian American ballet dancer. Yeah. Because yeah. he kicks. That's true. Yeah. And um, of course, there he tried multiple. I mean. McLean tries multiple times to take him out, only for McLean to hang Carl with the chains and and send him flying towards a wall with the chains. Yes, well before that, well before that, Carl was about to. Well, Bruce was Bruce was John McLean. He says, "Oh my God, I'm gonna kill you! I'm, I'm gonna cook you, and I'm going to eat you." He was gonna cook and eat Carl. You no, know, that's what he says when he was bringing him up. Uh, while fighting, like, walking upstairs. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, like I said, like, he hangs Carl. Yes, uh, he hangs him with the, with the, the chains. But unfortunately, he, he's not dead yet. No, I know, he wasn't dead. I mean, and then, and then, and then everybody's up at the top of the tower just to, like, because many people thought they were going to escape, but no, John McClane shows up just to just to like tell everybody that no 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 like helicopter's coming they're gonna come for everybody you gotta get back downstairs but actually yeah. before that well actually before that uh this whole situation was was recorded on live TV national television yes and it was, was yes, recorded it... by none other than Richard Thornburg who is basically an arrogant TV reporter 
and he's being played by William Atherton, who played um, who play who played um, oh, what was his name in Ghostbusters? Walter Pack. Walter. Like, um, like the TV reporter being played by William Atherton, he played Walter Pack in um the first Ghostbusters movie, and now he plays a TV reporter and. Well, if you thought Walter Peck was annoying, then this guy, the guy Richard Thornburg, is a real dick. But the thing is, like, Richard really wanted this story. Like, he wanted to get this story. He wanted to get this story. He wanted to really wanted to get this story. And and Thornburg, and Thornburg really, he tries to get his get to get McLean's kids on TV, and he even threatens one of the nannies at at the McLean's house. And um, he threatens the nanny at the McLean's house to be taken away. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, you could definitely tell that Thornburg is a real dick. In that yeah. Movie. And, and that's then, good. And then, and then on TV, and then on TV, like, the, ki- he, like the kids are on TV. They want to, they want to, they really, they like, Thornburg interviews McLean's children and dedu- deduces that, that he, and, like, Thornburg, Interviews McLean's children, and they and the children, and the girl, the uh, McLean's daughter, Lucy. Yeah, she she like she like tells that's like she Lucy. Says on the, that's the daughter's name. name. Yeah, Lucy is the McLean's the name of McLean's daughter, John McLean's daughter, and and Lucy just says, "Come home," and this gets the attention of Hans Gruber because he sees a picture. Flying on the desktop, and he lifts it up. He notices that it's John McClane, but also his John McClane's wife, Holly. And and Hans is like, "Mrs. McClane, how nice to make your acquaintance." Uh, <laughs> yep. Now, oh, now McClane. Oh boy. Now the the wife is in the situation now. So. Oh boy. Back on the rooftop. After everybody, because this is with all the people, this is with all the people, like, like all of this is with all the people, like group Hans orders everybody to get up on the rooftop and, um, and, and McLean's up there too. Like McQueen tells everybody, he's like, no, 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 this is how dark is going to, it's going to blow up the whole building. Yeah, I get down here right now. Like he fires, he fires his gun in the skies just to like tell people to like turn around, go back downstairs. They do that. And then the helicopter, and then this whole helicopter attack literally, literally causes chaos. Causes chaos as John McClane tries to like leap from the building to the to like to the party floor where they were on, and he succeeds. He he was able to use the fire hose, breaks through the glass with his gun, and then, and then and then tries to like, tries to avoid the explosions by you know. Being being hides himself in this pond with the water spraying down and McQueen the McQueen the sprinklers and then what we get is probably one of the most iconic moments in this movie where uh, John McClane and Hans Gruber go face to face with each other one last time. Well, well before that, before that, uh, I'll go punch Theo. That's right, because Theo tries to escape by pretending that he's a. Uh, a, an emergency medical medical assistant and uh, Argyle was like, "What the hell are you doing? I'm not gonna let you get away because he knows something's up." So he stops the guy and 
he crashes he he crashes limousine into that ambulance that Theo was driving, and Argyle punches him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> that was a satisfying that... satisfying moment as well. Yes, a Christmas gift, which is a punch in the face to Theo. But there's gonna be another one. What'd you say? There's gonna be another Christmas punch. There's gonna be another Christmas present for the news reporter, for which we're also gonna get to that later. Soon. Yep. There's gonna be another Christmas punch as well. Yes. And um and of then course, we get the final confrontation between McLean and Gruber and And Holly. You know, you know his you know his like his speech that he's uh, that he's saying, you know, like ah, John, John Wayne doesn't walk away with Grace Kelly, but John McClain mentions uh, somebody else. I don't know who who the who the person was that he walked away with Grace Kelly, but um, but unfortunately, but 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 unfortunately, Gruber with um, John's wife in his hand is like tells tells John say well, what was that what was that you said to me. Yippee Kaye. Then they proceed to laugh. (laughs) 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 Then McLean shoots both Hans and one of Hans's henchmen in the head, headshot, because, um, because um, John McClane taped, duct taped a gun on his back with two bullets left. Yes. And John McClane was like, Holly! Shoots, shoots Hans and one of his henchmen. His henchmen got a headshot. And, and then McClane said this, said this, said this one-liner. Happy trails, Hans. And then Hans... And then Hans was about to fall to his death from from the tower, from the Nakatomi Plaza, and he's still alive. He's still alive. He's hanging on for dear life with with John McClane's wife Holly. And and then, the watch. And then what? what? Well, at the watch. Uh, you know, Hans Gruber was holding on to Holly's hand and trying to like take the watch out of Holly's arm. Oh yeah, she's wearing that watch. Yes, that's right. And then, and then once the watch, and then and then once uh, uh, John takes off the watch because Gruber was about to shoot uh, McLean's wife, and then I'm pretty sure John as well. But once, um, but 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 once, um, but but once John McLean takes the watch off, Hans falls to his death. And um, and then what comes next is is Dwayne. We get a shot at Dwayne. He's he just says, "Oh, I hope that's not a hostage." It's not. It's Hans Gruber falling to his death. And yes, and then boom, he's dead. And they're supposed to let him go on three. Oh yes, yes, that is right. Actually, another fun fact about this moment, um. During uh, during this whole scene, Hans uh, Alan Rickman was supposed to be let go on three, but the uh, stunt crew accidentally let him go on one, and 
Or two. Or two. Or one or two. But they let him go too early. They were supposed to drop it on three, but they let him go too early. And the 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 the, the reaction that you see from Alan Rickman, that was not acting. That was his real reaction, his real genuine reaction of the fall that he that he's going through, of the fall that he's going through. Like he just realized that they just let him go too soon. He is surprised and shocked. That is his genuine reaction. His when they let him go that that early, and it's like ah, like that was his real reaction. That's his real that that is his real genuine reaction. It was not acted. That was his real reaction. He was in complete shock. And that's the that's the take that they went. Yes, and that's all and that's the end of Hans Gruber. And I like the music that they added too during during this whole scene. It's like dun 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 Boy, I hope it's not. I hope it's not a hostage. And that's the end of Hans Gruber. Yeah, that's the end of Hans Gruber. Um, John McClane and his wife uh, reconcile. They all come back down to to the. They all come back down to the parking lot where they met up with the police force, and. John McClain revealing himself to uh, Al, and they share a moment. And then, of course, um, and then of course, D- Dwayne tries to, you know, start an argument. But unfortunately, because Dwayne's like, "What the hell? What what the hell have you done? You know something? You know, you know, you caused a lot of damage in this place. You know, interfering with police business, destruction of property. Unfortunately, that gets cut off when." Carl comes out of the comes out of the body bag and he he tries to finish off John McClain but 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 Al the police sergeant pulls out his gun and shoots Carl. Yes, so he wasn't so Carl wasn't dead yet. He's about ready to finish finish him off. When I meant finish him off, I meant finishing off by killing John McClain. Yep. And then of course uh Richard Thornburg Goes on the air again. He tries to interview uh, John McClane and his and his wife Holly, but unfortunately, um, but Richard For- Thornburg doesn't see this coming. He gets punched in the face by Holly for uh, threats for threatening because Thornburg threatened um, Thornburg because you know what Thornburg did. Yes, he interviewed John McClane and Holly McClane's children. Yeah. So that's for interviewing my children. Because of the whole situation that was going on. Like, Holly just punched Thornburg in the face. And Thornburg's like, did you get that? And then Argyle crashes through the parking parking garage door in the limo. And that is awesome. And then he drives John McClane and Holly away together. And I like this last one-liner. I like this liner. Ooh. If this is the idea for Christmas, I gotta be there for New Year's. And then, <laughs> and then let us know, let us know plays in the background. And that's it. That's yeah, the- that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that was a lot to talk about. Oh man, that was good. That was a lot to talk about. But hey, for a movie like Die Hard, it's an action-packed, 
Christmas classic. Yes. And while I would definitely not, and while it is not the only and it's not the only film where it has the Christmas genre and the action genre, it's not the only film, but it really but it's really one of those action packed Christmas movies. Yes. And there are other films that has that has in action films it has takes that some of these films takes place during Christmas. Like Lethal Weapon, for example. The first Lethal Weapon film. The first Lethal Weapon movie, Batman Returns, Iron Man 3, Shazam, and a couple of other examples as well. But Violent Night. Die Hard, but for Die Hard? Die Hard is a literal action-packed Christmas classic for an action movie. Yes. Yes, it is. Including Violent Night. And I will say this. like The action is awesome. I, the, the, the acting for the most part, particularly... Um, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman, they both put up a very good performance. I mean, and then some of the most, and of course, some of the most memorable one-liners. And then story itself, I mean, I guess you can argue the story itself is okay, but when you, when you, but, but for the most part, you're in it for the, you're, you're in it for the action. Like, it's literally Die Hard taking yes, place on Christmas Eve. Yes, and I'm pretty sure it kind of references to, like, other films and TV shows as well. That's true. Including, including the one, including the one-liner, Yippee Kaye. Yep, Yippee Kaye is mentioned multiple times. Yippee Kaye is one of Bruce Willis's famous one-liners. Yes, and and of course uh, for Bruce Willis, I'm, and this is basically one of one of his first films to be in it in the late '80s, and he would eventually continue on with other films uh, throughout the '90s, 2000s, 2010s, and up until early 2020s and of course uh, other films which includes Pulp Fiction for example that that's Bruce Willis was in that's true but other than that the movie Die Hard is an action packed Christmas film that needs to be watched yes and what a great way to honor the 35th anniversary of Die Hard and of course honoring Bruce Willis for his film but anyway that's going to be a wrap on this episode Yes, and Mark, thank you so much for inviting me back onto your episode, and it was a blast to talk about 1988's Die Hard film. yippee Kaye, Happy trails, Hans. But anyway, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. I'm Michael Kodo. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.